been blessed today. We're so thankful for the opportunity to be able to share uh, what the Lord has placed upon my heart. I was able to go, had the privilege of going this morning to Mount Olive Baptist Church over in uh, between Hodges and Hackleburg and preach for them this morning. Um, and then we were able to have morning services here. And then when I was able to go to the uh, nursing home, and I want to tell you something. How many of you know we don't have to be in the church house to have church? And that's exactly what we experienced today out at the nursing home. The Spirit of God blessed us with a sweet, sweet spirit, sweet presence. And um, boy, I tell you what, I had a good time at the nursing home today. And uh, God spoke to me while I was speaking. That's a powerful thing. Bless my soul. Take your Bibles, look in Ephesians chapter 2. Let, this morning we looked at, um, at 8 through 10. Well, this evening I want to look at 1 through 7. All right, and we're going to go through this um, pretty quick tonight, so just hang on with me. I know we've got some bad weather in the area, but everything that we've looked at on radar says that it's just thunderstorms, no, nothing severe, so um, we may get some heavy rain and some thunder and lightning, but as far as any other bad stuff, we're not expecting that. Uh, so rest assured for that. We may have to drive home in the rain, but that'll be it. But look with me in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at the first seven verses. And the Bible says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, watch this, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Everybody say in Christ Jesus. That's what the believer is. He's him or her, we're in Christ Jesus as opposed to being outside Jesus. Now because of uh, we've been saved by grace through faith, we're in Christ. And man, when we're in Christ, we're made partakers of all the blessings of God. Verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your amazing grace. Lord, I'm thankful today for what you've shown us in your word. I'm thankful that you never leave us and you never forsake us. I'm thankful, Holy Spirit, that you've allowed me to be in your presence just one more time. Thank you, Father, for allowing me the privilege and opportunity of standing before an open Bible, your absolute truth, and sharing it with these people. Lord, I can't do it effectively. I don't want to do it in my power. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you move me completely out of the way and you use me this evening to speak truth to the hearer, Lord, in a way that only you can. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We're going to look at two main points this evening. First of all, we're going to see sin's work against us, and then we're going to see God's work for us. In the first three verses, we see plainly what, uh, how sin has worked against every member of mankind. Now, first of all, we, ne we need to notice in verse 1, the Bible says, we were all once dead uh, in trespasses and sin. What's the sin done to the sinner? Well, he's caused him to be dead. Amen. The Bible teaches plainly that we were all born into sin, thereby born spiritually dead, standing in need of a Savior. Now, folks, let me ask you something. What's dead men do? 
Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You go to a funeral uh, parlor and you go and pay your respects and walk by that casket. I'm going to tell you, the one laying in that casket, they're not going to smile. They're not going to laugh. They're not going to sit up. They're not going to talk to you. Let me tell you why. Because dead men do nothing. Now, what's the picture that's being painted for us right here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1? Those who are dead in their trespasses and sins can do absolutely nothing in their power to make themselves right with God. It's not about us working to make ourselves right with God. Dead men can't do enough, amen? They can't do what's necessary to be made right with God. It's about us accepting the free gift of salvation and be resurrected. Let me read to you something that Dr. Wearsby said concerning Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, the lost man does not need resuscitation. I like that. The lost man does not need rejuvenation. But they do need resurrection. Amen. Now let me tell you something. God is not at all interested in reforming your flesh. He's not at all interested in making your flesh to be pleasing unto God. Your fleshly nature is sinful. What God is after is creating you new in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now how does that take place? How does that happen? Well, the Bible says our soul is saved. What's your soul? It's our heart. Amen. The Bible speaks of our psyche. Uh, our mind, our will, and our emotion. When you see the word heart in the New Testament, that's what the Greek word is. It's the word psyche. Young lady, that's enough. That's the Greek word psyche. Uh, It it means our our mind, our will, and our emotion. Amen? How we think, how we feel, our, 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 our desire that we have to do what we do. Now let me tell you something. When we get saved, God saves that. Saves her heart, saves her soul. That's what the Bible's saying. And as he does that, he begins to change how we think. He changes our attitude. He changes our opinion. He changes my desire. How many of you know he has changed my want-tos? Amen. The things I used to not want to do, now I want to do. There, there was a time when I saw no need for being in the house of God on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, but now I can't wait to get here. I enjoy being a part of what God's doing. Why? Because he changed my desire. He changed my want to. He changed my thought processes. He changed my attitude. He changed my opinion. That's what happened when we meet Jesus. We don't need resuscitation. We don't need rejuvenation. We need resurrection. We need to be brought from the dead. And that's what happens with salvation. Sin caused us to be dead. All the lost sinners are spiritually dead. The only difference between the derelict on Skid Row and the society leader who is lost is one has decayed more than the other. A lot of us think that uh, nobody can go to hell unless they go to hell from the gutter. Folks, I want to tell you something. I don't care who you are or what what you've done. If you've never yet trusted in Jesus, I don't care how much education you have. I don't care how many times you've sat on a church pew. Satan would just as soon send you to hell from a church pew as he would the gutter. The only difference between the lost man who is um, on skid row and the one who is the society leader is that one has decayed. Death is separation. How many know that? Physical death is the separation of the spirit from the flesh. One day you're going to hear that Israel Price has died, but don't you believe it? At the moment I leave this walk of life, I'm going to be more alive than I've ever been before. Amen? See, all you see before you now, that's the house I live in. That's where my spirit and soul lives. But when my flesh goes back to the dust from whence it came, then I'm going to be with the Lord. And the Bible says... um, 
That to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord Jesus. And that's more profitable for me. That's more profitable for the believer. Death is separation, physically speaking, uh, the, the spirit is separated from the body. Spiritually speaking, death is the separation of the spirit, the soul, that which is eternal from God himself. The Bible teaches that plainly in Isaiah chapter 59. Everybody turn over there with me if you will please tonight. Isaiah 59. And look at verse number 2. It says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you, that He will not hear. It is because of our sin that we are spiritually dead, separated from holy God. Sins work on us. The first thing it does, it causes us to be dead. Let me give you another. It causes us to be disobedient. Look at the next part of this verse. Uh, chapter number 2, or excuse me, chapter number 2, yes, verse number 2, and, and starting with verse number 3. The Bible says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Look at uh, the verse 3, the first part there. Among whom also we all had our conversation. The word conversation means our lifestyle. In the times past in the lust of our flesh because of our sinful nature the flesh that we are born with we walk uh, des desiring and fulfilling the sinful lust that our flesh has that's what the Bible is speaking of we become disobedient unto the Lord not only does our uh, flesh make us, our sins work against us, cause us to be dead and disobedient, but it also causes us to be depraved. What does depraved mean? It means that we fulfill the desires of the flesh no matter what. Look what it says in verse 3. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature, watch this now, the children of God's wrath. How many of you understand, apart from Christ, the Bible says we are under God's wrath. Apart from Christ, we are the enemies of God. Again, like I said this morning, we have no hope. We cannot help ourselves apart from Jesus. We need His free gift of grace. Sin causes death, disobedience, causes us to be depraved under God's wrath. But we're also doomed. Without Jesus, that's sin's work on us. But now, I don't want to leave you there. If I leave you there, well, that's a pitiful message. If I leave you there, we don't have much hope. Amen? Now, that's truth. But let me give you the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey might say. I don't just want you to see sin's work against us. I want you to see God's work for us. First of all, verse number 4 says, God loved us. Now, how many of you think that God loved us? Look what it says here. But God who is rich in mercy. Now, if you are rich in anything, that means you've got more than enough to go around. If I'm rich uh, financially speaking, that means I've got more than enough money to go around. Well, if the Bible says God is rich in mercy, that means he has more than enough for each and every one of us. That's why the Bible can tell us in Lamentations chapter 3 that the mercies of God, they're new every morning. They're always available for us. They're available for you tonight. And they're available for me tonight. And for that, I'm very thankful. Let me tell you why. Because I need God's mercy. I need them each and every day. All of us do. All of us do. God loved us. He showed mercy to us. 
The Bible says that he quickened us according to verse number one. We talked a great deal about the quickening that God does for those who trust in his son this evening at the nursing home. To be quickened means to be made alive. Well, what are we made alive to? Well, we're made alive, um, listen to me folks, so that we might understand God in his person. We're, we're made alive to God's person. Before I was saved, I, I want you to know, I viewed God differently than I do now. Before I was saved, I viewed God as some kind of cosmic killjoy that was trying to steal from me my good time, that wasn't allowing me to do really what I wanted to do and what really made me happy. I viewed God as a gray-haired old grandpa with a big old stick that was ready to hit me over the head with it if I did something wrong. But after I got saved, I began to understand truly who God is. How many of you know He is my Father? Listen, the Bible says we've not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have been given the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out my father. I can cry unto my daddy God. I have that relationship with him so that, listen, whatever I stand in need of, he is able and willing to give to me if it's his will. Because God is omniscient, all-knowing, because God is omnipotent, all-powerful. Because God is omnipresent everywhere at all times. He knows exactly what I need, and He loves me like nobody else loves me. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. When you begin to understand the person of God and that He is your Father, it changes everything. Amen? You don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. Your Heavenly Father is in complete control. Trust in Him. I can fellowship with him through prayer, through the reading of the word of God. I understand his person. I'm saved to know his person. I'm saved to know his plan. All of us have a plan and purpose. We talked about this this morning, to know God and to make him known. I'm saved to know his provision. How many of you are thankful that God provides for his children? Me too. I've got a full cupboard Roof over my head and shoes on my feet and clothes on my back. Healthy wife and kids. Let me tell you why. Because I know God's provision. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall, not might, not maybe, not could, but my God shall supply all you need according to His riches and glory. God provides my need not based upon my bank account, but He is. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm saved to know His protection. He protects His people. He's there for us when we need Him. When we can speak to no one else about what's happening in our lives. Listen to me. We can talk to Him. We can bring before Him whatever we need. And He provides what we need. Listen folks, I want you to know if I have emotional needs, I can talk to the Lord about it. If I have physical needs, I can talk to the Lord about it. Whatever need I might have, I can bring it before my Heavenly Father for I know His person. We're saved, uh, we're quickened, we're made alive. But also the Bible teaches in verse number 6 that we are exalted. Listen to what it says. And He hath raised us up together and made us to sit together, watch this now, in heavenly places. Do you know that your salvation is so complete, child of God, that Jesus already sees you as being seated with Him in heaven? That's how final this thing is. Why? Because it's not based upon me. 
It's not based upon what I've done or what I will do in the future. Now, what I do matters, absolutely, and what you do matters. But I want to tell you something. Once you've placed your faith in Jesus and been saved by grace through faith, the salvation issue is settled. You're born again into God's family. And He sees you as being seated with Him. He's exalted us to His level. And that's an amazing truth. All this is true. For the people of God. Sin did a number on us. Amen. It started even before we got here. And it's continued throughout our life. But the, the number sins did, on, did, for, did against us. is nothing compared to what God's done for us. He showed us mercy. He's shown us love. He's exalted us to be on his level. Seated with him in glory. And all that's true for the people of God. If you believe it tonight, child of God, say amen. amen. Ain't God good? Amen. If we can get a hold of how good God is, it'll change how we worship. It'll change how we live. It'll change the decisions and choices that we make. It'll change how we serve Him in here and how we serve Him out there. If we can get a hold of how good He is. Everybody stand together this evening. It has truly been a great blessing to be with you here today. I'm so glad that all of you came out to be a part of these services. Remember this week at 9 o'clock every morning, we're going to pray one for another. Would you do that this week? Hey, set your alarm on your phone or however you set an alarm. And at 9 o'clock, stop for, hey, give it 10 minutes. Stop for 10 minutes in your day. And pray for your brothers and sisters right here at Mount Zion. Pray for this church that God has his way and will. That he leads us by his precious Holy Spirit. Pray for one another. Any other special needs before we close? Yes, remember uh, Brother Johnny Mays. He, he's going to be here with us next Sunday morning and Sunday night. So looking forward to that. And um, he will be traveling this week. So pray for him. Sister, what you got? Yes. Wow.